You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This is episode number 283. We're discussing Marvel's What If Episode 1 Shang-Chi World Premiere and Star Wars Visions trailer. I'm on your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Carlos. Oh man, it feels great to be back in the Nerd Room. Guys, I took a little detour this weekend and headed over and took over Tumbling Saber. Had a, just a great episode with those guys. But I got my Carlos number one here and I've That's got my right. dude Troy here at the mic. So I'm excited to be back in the nerd room guys to talk all kinds of stuff with you we've got a really busy week you know coming off the back end of our suicide squad the suicide squad review one episode back go check that out we've got a bunch of stuff that's happened over the last two weeks that we have to run down including a star wars visions trailer new anime coming to disney plus end of september we've got a look at marvel's what if episode one episode two will be behind us once this episode comes out but we got to talk about this construction of what is the mcu multiverse and how we're feeling about this shang chi the next big comic book movie world premiere was last night lots of positive buzz from that film on the audience side and we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in and around disney as well and we've got a whole bunch of other little topics here we're going to float your way but guys i'm excited i'm really excited to be podcasting right now ah <laughs> oh, man and what excites me the most is getting into my favorite segment of this podcast and that's this weekend nerd and i'm pumped to hear what you guys have been up to over the last couple of weeks because troy it's been a minute since we podcasted and there, there's got to be some serious acquisitions that have happened over the last couple of weeks fill us in man what, what have you been up to yeah man it's um it's, it's been it's been all over the place i um <laughs> I start with the comic books, man. Always the comic books. I, I'm fully loaded, man. I picked up uh, all my stuff from Batman, from Nightwing, Spider-Man, uh, Thor, Avengers, the new X-Men run now. Because, uh, man, Hickman's done. Hickman's off there now. So that kind of bums me out. But um, I also picked up, uh, what's the other one? Batman 89. Batman 89. And you know what? I'm putting it out there, man. I don't care what anybody says. Because I've seen a little bit of hate online out there about this book. Maybe because I'm not super, super attached to the Keaton verse. I got to tell you, I love this book. I think this My book man. for issue one was cool. It was very um, Harvey Dent-centric, man. It, it was all about Billy D, And I really love, like, I love um, Harvey Dent's portrayal in The Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan. But I love the light they shine on this character more so in the 89. Like, his backstory a little bit and... And how he feels about Batman, but how he also is with Bruce. It was a really cool dynamic. I think my only issue uh, with the book was was the art. The art didn't completely do it for me. And I guess going into this book, I was expecting Tim Burton's um, Keaton's Batman to not have the whited out eyes, which is kind of a weird request because mm -hmm. when it comes to the movies, I always want like a Batman live action with the white eyes. But now here I am in a comic book wanting him to not have the white eyes <laughs> it's just kind of something that kind of took me out of the book a little bit but no honestly i thought the book was was fantastic um spider-man it's it's on its heels of the spencer run it's it's, it's almost done we're almost there it's been a long <laughs> couple years but we're, we're almost there and um right now it's like the sinister war they're, they're trying to wrap up and um another nitpick with that guy it's just like 
Mark Bagley is not my favorite artist, and we have Mark Bagley and we have Nick Spencer together, so it's like a bad mix for for me. I mean, I think Bagley was great in the '90s, but he still doesn't know how to draw like Mary Jane. He still can't draw Peter that great. There's just I, just weird things. I just but imagine you, know you, Troy, just closing your eyes, flipping the pages, like, yeah, okay, I just yes. got, I got to get through this. <laughs> it really, I really do, man. I mean, I'm not even gonna lie. Like last night, middle of the book, I fell asleep. Uh, reading that book, so <laughs> so that says a lot. But I'm saving the best for last. I'm saving the Vader and the Nightwing and the Batman um, for for another day to read. But um, action figures, man. I picked up. Um, I ordered uh, the EB Games. I guess now it might be GameStop uh, over here, but because mm-hmm. uh, they've changed names. But I ordered the um, the Turtles, like the the nineties. Oh, yes. No, maybe it's like the eighty nine. Was it? It's like yeah, it's the 80s? late eighties Turtles. Yeah, late eighties. The late eighties Turtles. The Playmates and, um, Turtles. The playmates, the playmates, turtles, man, and and I picked them up. They came in the box. They were like a like a the sword deluxe set. Mm-hmm. Came with six figures, which is great, especially when you can trade in some games to lower that price. And uh, it, it's it's kind of weird, man. I never had had a connection to like the shredder or the splinter, so I'm instantly just gonna like sell those guys. But four turtles is what I really wanted, and the Raphael is like my guy. And I gotta say, when I took these out of the box, I was like. The Raphael's not sitting right because Raph in my head, not even in my head, like actual facts, like the color of green they use for that Raph isn't the green at all that they use in this one. It's this weird, like light, almost turquoise. And that kind of bothered me. So I actually went out on the hunt and found myself like a legit, like, what? I think it's a squishy head. It's a squishy head Raph. So I have him, like the proper green. I just threw in like his uh, accessories from the new version, popped them in. He came with the belt. And now I have the other Raph. I'm probably going to give it to my daughter to play with because I'm like, man, I need my Raph sitting right. Because honestly, picking up that Super 7 Raph, that green is like accurate. Mm-hmm. They captured the green. But this newer take, the green's a little different. I don't know if that's like that for the other Turtles, but for that Raphael, it was a little off. But all in all, though, it's a, it's a cool set. You get six like Playmate figures um, from that line. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. And I think there's a Villains one now. That's yeah, there's a Villains one, which looks pretty cool. And that I'm just looking good. at – actually, I don't have a, a vintage RAF yet or a, an 89, 88 RAF to compare directly mm-hmm. to. But the other ones look pretty on point. But I'm just looking yeah. at, at the 12-inch one. That The green mm-hmm. is definitely way lighter because I have the similar Playmates, yep. the the recasts and all that from – I believe it was a convention exclusive mid-pandemic 2020. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's the exact same stuff. They just – I mine yep. came in a the pizza wagon box and yours came in the sewer nice. one so they're really cool yeah. i like them but uh i'm stoked that you went out and got a legit where did you end up getting it um my, my boy alpha comics like it, it, oh. it was so weird because i went to alpha comics and it was just is nostalgia overload i went in there they had like the old school like marvel x-men um die cast figures that are like tiny and i used to oh. the playground days man we used to trade for those things and so i picked up um a magneto who came paired with cyclops uh, no, because I got Cyclops already. I have Cyclops individually, but this Magneto character, he came with a uh, Sinister. That's who it is. I think he came oh, okay. with Sinister. Yeah, so I have the Sinister now. I got the Wolverine. I got Spidey. I got Venom. I got Lizard. So, uh, and then I picked up Kingpin from like the original um, 90s animated oh, Spider-Man wicked. series. So now I got like both like the newer version, like the six inch Marvel Legend, and I got like the old school Toy Biz. So I just, I lost my mind in that store. And, um, a while back, I ordered this cool, um, like, wired cape, one-six scale wired black cloak cape for, for my Luke, for my Return of the Jedi Luke, because I, I'm, I'm chasing that Mando look. And so I got it off eBay. It came in, and, man, this thing is, like, 
a delight. Like instantly, I threw off the brown cloak, put on the black to match like <laughs> that, that that you know the Mando look, and all kind of fun, all kind of fun going down with that stuff. So, oh, sorry, and the last thing, the last thing it just came to me was um Odin. I got the Marvel oh, Legends yes. um Odin. Uh, whatever. What is they? The Infinity Saga. Yeah, the Infinity Saga. I the think... more expensive ones. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, well. Speaking of that, actually, because I saw it finally in hand at Best Buy, the um fortieth anniversary, not fortieth, the twentieth anniversary. Is it of um Empire? Not Empire. Is it Lucasfilm? Uh, the fiftieth of Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm. Uh, Phantom Menace. Yeah. The red cards. I found those finally, like in person. They're. Thirty nine ninety nine still mm-hmm. at Best Buy, and I was like, I had Mace in my hand, and I'm like, I'm not paying forty for Samuel. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'll pay forty for the Odin because I can trade in some games. But uh, Best Buy, I'm like, no, not, not today. No, not those... today. But the Odin looks cool. The Odin looks really good. I haven't taken him out of the box yet, but um, it's a pretty, pretty nice looking figure. Yeah, th- those figs are up there because Carlos sent me a picture of what's his name, um, Surter, Surter, yeah. Yeah. Big fig, 80 bucks. That's crazy, man. <laughs> and I was no. like, well, I saw it. I was like, whoa. And, uh, and I said, because you had it posed up with that in an Iron Man. And I thought for some <laughs> reason you're going to, you're asking if I wanted both. And I was like, 80 bucks for, I was like, how much is just this one? 80 bucks. <laughs> yeah, no, I did that on That's purpose crazy. just so you could see his scale or whatever. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize it was crazy. that big. It's a, it's a fairly sizable figure. It'd probably be the tallest Marvel legend. I think that's even taller than the giant man. If I'm, I'm just, I kind of oh, yeah. crazy, man. Yeah, yeah no, he is. Uncle bigger. Todd would never do us dirty like that. Never. <laughs> well, that's never. the thing, though, because that same store, they had the Geralt and they had the Spawn, and they're literally half the price. I think Geralt was like 36 bucks and Spawn was 39. That's yeah. wild. And he came with like stuff, whereas Surtur was just this orange naked man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to pick up that line. I love the look of everything, and it's part of the MCU focus that I have for the Legends, but i got to wait till some of those drop down. Like, they're just too expensive. Like, you even look mm-hmm. at Kijiji right now. Black Series and Marvel Legends are way down from what they were even three, four months ago. You can see people starting to, to get rid of this, you know, mid-pandemic pickups. They're starting to, mm-hmm. to get rid of stuff and push it off. And you're starting to see some of the black series that were up for 50, 60 bucks are down in that $25, $30 range now from, from even just a couple of months ago. So it, it's looking good on the secondary market right now or better than it was. That's for sure. And I got to pick your brain a little bit here, Troy. I don't want to draw this out too much, but I have this mm-hmm. epiphany this weekend as I'm going through stuff. I want to, I want to decrease the amount of stuff I have in here a little bit, but mostly the stuff I have in storage and a lot of stuff I have mm-hmm. in storage is the reproduction toys the retro mm. figures and all that. And I have these turtle playmates and I'm thinking, I love the retro stuff so much. Do I mm. need these reproductions? Cause you and I are almost two different minds, right? I'm sitting on, mm-hmm. I need the old stuff and you're satisfied mm-hmm. with the new stuff yeah. and the reproductions, not paying the uplift and cost for everything like that. But you just want that look, the nostalgia feel, but not necessarily yeah. the original. And mm-hmm. so I'm thinking about getting rid of a lot of stuff, but I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to regret it down the road <laughs> on that, on that repro stuff. Like I like the Mandalorian three and three quarter, the repro they did yeah. into that because that's new stuff. Like I can't buy yeah. an original vintage star Wars figure with that. These playmates, I have all of them except for the raft already, but I do like your mm-hmm. idea of taking the weapons out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the raft is, is weird for me because like when I look at um, this new playmates re-release and I look at my, um, new i think it's the 2020 2019 ghostbusters like 
yeah, I haven't opened the Ghostbusters, but those guys to me mm. look like wicked. And then when I took out the Playmate figures, they were just like there was a disconnect. Like that nostalgia didn't hit me as hard as I thought it was, and mm. I was more connected to the turtles. So maybe yeah. that's why. But right away, yeah, when I grabbed that raft and I compared the two of them minus like the squishy head on the other i was like there's no comparison like yeah. the, the og raft for me is where it's at so for you for chasing like that line the the old school feel i could totally get where you're coming from because mm-hmm. even for me it affected me when opening this new release i was just like if i could i would instantly in a heartbeat rather go for the original for the ghostbusters yeah. i'm cool with these guys maybe just because hasbro did a better job with those ghostbusters because yeah. they they, they do seem pretty spot on and they did a really good job too with like the uh, Kenner line mm-hmm. you know but I guess this isn't Hasbro so I guess that makes sense when it comes to the Playmates why it's not executed as well well in those ones too yeah. the, the Playmates Turtles they've there's nothing special about them anymore because they've re-released them like three or four times in the last couple of years and yeah. so like the exclusive I have is really just the box is the exclusive right? and the actual figures themselves because you got them, and then I think there's another release in between the versions that you and I have. Mm. And so, and there was a release in 2013 as well, exact same figures. Wow. And so, you got to be careful on the secondary market to make sure you're checking dates on the back of the legs and that. Yeah. That you're not picking up one of these re releases from over the last 10 years or so. And the Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. like, passed completely on. Like, I got the Slimer and the Marshmallow Man, and I got the Ghost mm-hmm. Popper and all that. But I've been really thinking hard about how deep I actually want to go into that line now that I filled out some of the key pieces, especially the Ecto-1, with the box mm. in my own vintage collection. And so, yeah, it's something that I'm playing with here a little bit. And I always think of you because you have a, a different outlook on it than I do. And mm-hmm. so we kind of see that balance as to the nostalgia that they're putting out is actually driving me further towards going back and collecting old toys. The original, yeah. yeah. So interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, cool. I find that fascinating how they're That's playing cool. with nostalgia a little bit. In the in the toy market, a little bit, a lot, I should say. <laughs> no doubt. Well, I mean, I guess I guess the reviews have been good for the turtles, but I really, I'm kind of mixed on it. But I kind of hope that the company that's doing it. So I guess it's Nickelodeon Playmates. I yeah. guess I, I, I mean, maybe the success of it, they won't even take notice. But um, I kind of do hope they look at the competitors like Hasbro and look and be like, you know, like Hasbro really killed it when connected to the Kinner line, and they killed it with the Ghostbusters line. Maybe next time, maybe on the fifth time we release these turtles. <laughs> we will be a little more accurate with like the joints and the colors. Mm. Cause for me, the color was really weird how they couldn't quite match the color yeah. swaps. I thought that or the swatches, I just thought that's a little funny, but it's, it's little things, I guess. Yeah, it is little things. Yeah. And only you and yeah. I would ever really notice. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. So Carlos, man, how was your week? You get up to anything special in the nerd space? Yeah, man. Uh, you know what? <clears throat> kind of heading into this week. I did this absolutely insane deep dive into all things Flash Thompson, Agent Venom. <laughs> like, and when I say all things, I mean, I started with Rick Remender's run, Ooh. like back when this character was first introduced, did all the solo stuff, played with a few of the Avengers things, touched a bit of the Guardian stuff that was mm-hmm. highly touted. Had to slow down a little bit because there's just too too much with all those crossovers and whatnot, like reading the rest of the crossovers. But man, I took it all the way to Amazing Spider-Man 798 when he dies. What? Mm. And then I had read yeah. the Venom stuff with Donny Cates when he was resurrected and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, my my wife and my oldest daughter were on vacation and it was just me and the youngest. And 
she was racking up drawings like it's nobody's business. So I was like, I, I don't know what to do with myself. And I just started reading and I fell in love with this character. I've got you guys hunting for Marvel yeah, Legends of, yes. of his two costumes. So anybody out there, if you can... Agent Anti-Venom, I think, is where it's at for me. Like, if mm-hmm. that's that's the look I'd like to get. I like that white costume. But uh, yeah, man, Flash Thompson. This, this character that I had kind of flown under my radar until the Donny Cates run I ended up being one of my favorite Marvel guys ever yeah, right that's now, hilarious so. because because I've never like you and I were, when we first kind of met and, like figured out like what we feel you yeah. were like Venom Eddie Brock Donny Cates that's the book and for me as it was like screw Venom like I don't like Eddie Brock I always <laughs> liked Flash Thompson but now like you introduced me into like that latest run and I really like Eddie way more Flash is still my guy but when I got that message from you the other day, I was like, whoa, where did this come from? Like, he's joining the dark side. He likes Flash. This is awesome. That's yeah, I man. Like, I, I love them both. Like, and man, full credit to you. Like, not liking Eddie Brock is totally understandable because, like, 97% of Venom comics are terrible. I fully admit that. I got the guy tattooed on my body. Like, it's so I, I can fully appreciate why Flash Thompson was such a breath of fresh air because it's like, same old, same old, like, ah, angry, oh, look at me, like, 90s crew cut, and, oh, pooping out symbiotes all over the place, because that's what I got to fight, and this guy's, like, he sounds, melts Sounds like the movies. And this guy screams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess they've done a this good job screams. with channeling that energy, but, uh, yeah, man, it is what it is, but, uh, yeah. the yeah, Guardians. Lash Thompson, he's my man. The Guardian yeah, stuff man. I really liked. I because I've been reading Guardians consistently, and he kind of got inserted into there. And I loved when they went to like the symbiote planet, and they did like oh. a big reset, and all. It was mm-hmm. it was cool. That's yeah. cool. They did some neat stuff with that character, and even just like mm-hmm. his interactions with Captain America, kind of playing up on him being a soldier, yeah. but yet Cap not being cool with the decisions that Flash had to make, and and then his interactions with Peter, because like. They didn't know each other's secret identities until no. kind of the final hours of his life type of thing. Yeah, so yeah. It, it was kind of neat to see that play out in such a short period of time with such an intense read. But uh, yeah, it was insane, but uh, super enjoyable little reading uh, reading adventure I went on. But uh, man, speaking of my wife being away, she goes away, she comes back. We had our wedding anniversary and uh, in her wedding present, I snuck in. I found like the exclusive Blade Pop, and I was like, "I got to get her this. This is like one of the first movies we ever went to as a couple. Like certainly the first comic book movie." And I remember she was like total trepidatious going in because she'd worked with a girl who was like the the bloodbath scene at the beginning of the movie had totally as- offended her sensibilities, and she's like, "Oh, I don't know what what like do we really have to go see this?" I was like, "Yes, this movie's awesome. This was like test." And then by the time we get to the end, when like Wesley puts the glasses on, when he catches them in midair, she's like fist pumping and all about it. So I was like, I got to get Blade. I give her that. But then she surprises me and she went full MCU with my uh, anniversary present. She'd bought me the uh, a replica of the Eye of Agamotto from it's like the Infinity Saga collection that Sideshow had put out, but it's like a perfect replica of the Eye of Agamotto. It's all cast in metal and lights up and stuff. And oh, it's sweet. It's, and it's got it's kind beautiful. of the chain that he was wearing. Yeah, thanks, man. That he was wearing in Infinity War. But then like the showstopper was she got in contact with somebody. And I, I don't know what the history of this thing is, but she got me a replica of the arc reactor when Pepper Potts mounted it. And with the proof Tony Stark has a heart, 
But man, it is a perfect replica. And I've been shopping for one forever. And like I had bought a license one once and ended up sending it back because it was like, nope, the arc in the middle isn't quite right. And you guys mm. messed up and put the Iron Man 2 arc reactor in this <laughs> prop that's supposed to be from Iron Man 1. But this thing is like flawless. It's like perfectly uh, screen accurate. But it's super cool because it's vibration sensitive. So if you kind of tap the box or like tap the shelf that it's on, it'll light up and just kind of glow. Wicked. If you tap it again, it'll do the kind of the strobing thing when he was used it to power himself up at the end of Iron Man 1. And then it was kind of cool, like being an anniversary present, the lady threw in like a keychain. It was like the I Love You 3000, but it had the arc reactor from Endgame in there which was oh. kind of neat. But yeah, like the attention to detail this gal put into this thing, like it was cool. It came wrapped exactly like it was wrapped in Iron Man 1 and had like the from pepper and stuff in there. And it was cool. So that was quite the gift from my good lady wife. So yeah, oh. she's a keeper. She uh, decided to treat me. Even she after she got on the other side of Blade. You. you locked her in. and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly, man. Some guys just That's always want to try and ice skate up a hill. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, man. Such a good line. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that uh, that was that was my weekend nerd, man. That was pretty cool. That was pretty special. That's to, awesome. Uh, to receive that from her. So, Well, yeah. happy happy anniversary to you guys. You know, yeah, it's, man. It's, Thanks, man. It's awesome to hear the, the modern success love stories, especially when they start with Blade. You know, that's it's, right, it's, man. It's always great. You know, a lot, a lot of always people always bet on black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love you guys. I love you guys. <laughs> well, let me wrap us up here. You know, I'm gonna keep with that turtle theme a little bit that uh, Troy started off here. I got a, I got my poster finally from Bottleneck Galleries. You know, Carlos has gotten me into this poster game in a major way, and I picked up a poster from. Uh, Dan Mumford is the artist that did it and it was a drop a few months ago and I had gotten it kind of in between my vacation so I didn't even have a chance to open it so it sat in my basement for like three four weeks before I was able to get it framed this weekend and it's a really cool take on the original turtle series the cartoon and it's focused on the villains and so everyone from Rat King to Baxter Stockman to Bebop Rock City all that are on there. They're the forward facing. You just get the turtle shells in the background. So it's kind of a really cool concept. And the big test for me on this one, I did not tell my wife I had gotten this. I did not tell my wife I was framing it up. And I just put it up here in the basement. And she walked down and she was like, whoa, that's awesome. And so it's like, yes. So cool. <laughs> and it's like, it's very much like vintage turtle stuff. And so you have to have some appreciation for the turtles to, to like it. But that's at least what I thought. But when she came down, she says, I just love how it looks, the colors and the way that it's centered and all that. And so that to me spoke to how well done Dan Mumford did this art that my wife, who has zero connection to turtles, like zero, liked it for the art piece. And I didn't even put it inside the nerd room. I put it outside in kind of the common area because I want to start building a little bit of uh, goddamn (laughs) Batfam-esque poster walls in that. Um, as I build it and refine away from the movie poster into the more exclusive art pieces. So that, that was my big, big chunk. And I, I don't know, I, it's up on the, on the Instagram page at the nerd RM. You can check out the frame piece on the wall, but it's, it's always something to, to order something offline and getting it in hand is, is always an experience framing it up the thick paper. It's on the, really well printed like it's the bottleneck stuff and then i got the from vice press was a jurassic park one behind me 
it, these are definitely not the only two that are coming into my house. <laughs> yeah, man, that's awesome that your wife liked it so much. Like his line work is just so oh, interesting. Yeah, that yeah, it just draws you in, and you can look at a character that you might not care about normally, like the rat catcher or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's so interesting the way he does his compositions, and he's kind of got that that very like. Uh, curved look to everything that he yeah. draws like even his straight lines kind of have a bit of a flow to them and yeah that's cool man I'm glad you bought that one because it was a bit of a different piece for the turtles like you said it's not kind of the Ninja Turtles f- in focus in all their glory it's mm-hmm. the villains well and that's so the, cool. the crazy part too just going to the vintage turtles that we're talking about the villains compose the majority of the figure line right mm-hmm. like you got four turtles in Splinter April and Casey and then, you, of course, you've got some other characters that are on the, you know, quote-unquote good side. But a lot of the characters are villains. It's like your rogues gallery from Batman or Spider-Man. Like, it's huge. And they're mm-hmm. a major piece of the lore in there. And so it's it's cool to see something focus in on those characters. But then the only other thing I, I, I want to comment on, I, I threw a couple things up on my my Twitter at the NerdRM. You can see my JP Ray Arnold that I picked up. And actually, to be honest with you, I got to tell a short story on that one. I'm walking through Toys R Us with my daughter. I picked up, finally picked up the Empire Strikes Back Probe Joy, the Black Series. I'm walking through. It was on sale for like 32 bucks. Walking through. Okay, I, this is going to be my my step back into Black Series. Scoot over to the Jurassic Park. I see this Ray Arnold, the Amber Series or Amber Collection figure. I was like, back burner for Black Series again. <laughs> <laughs> So it just it just goes goes to show how dramatically my my mindset has shifted over the last couple of years that I'm happy to put aside this well reduced probe droid to get my hands on the only Ray Arnold sitting on the shelf there. Oh god man, I'll be so happy when those stupid probe droids and the Yavin ceremony loops are gone and I don't have to look at them anymore on the shelves here. Well, I would have bought that probe droid at 32. And but it just not happened. It's got to be when I don't have anything else in the cart. Like it's it's got to be a one off buy. So and I'm I'm also trying to teach my daughter too that you can't just walk in a toy store and get everything you want. <laughs> yeah, and to our listeners out there, if anybody needs a probe droid or Yavin ceremony Luke, <laughs> Jana, they're Jana all in well. Calgary. Yeah, Jana yeah. as well. <laughs> and Jana, yes, they're all yeah. in Calgary, all of them. We got we'll, them all. We'll hook so. you up. We'll hook you up. <laughs> the other thing I gotta make a quick comment on is something my wife and I binge through two or one and a half seasons on Ted Lasso Apple yes. plus my goodness. Is this a show talk about an uplifting, like genuinely uplifting show. Like I put it on the level of Shit's Creek, not in composition or in theme or anything like that, but in a show that just frames up around like this idyllic person, idyllic life. And there's like no cursory drama. Like, I find myself waiting for something bad to happen to the main character. And it's just about a good person. Like that's it's a, there's stuff going on in around the supporting characters, but like the 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 title character of Ted Lasso played by Jason Sudeikis is unbelievable. The show is a major recommend for me. I know I got grabs onto it and he binged through <laughs> half of the first season in one night. But if you guys aren't watching Ted Lasso and especially now this is this is a perfect show for the last year and a half. Like it's it's great. Have you guys watched it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a gooder. It, it's honestly this thing that's got that tug of war between me and my wife, where she doesn't want to cancel our Apple Plus subscription because it's gonna lapse pretty quick. 
because we got the free version. We're on with, the free uh, version right now. <laughs> yeah, getting a phone. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to pay for another subscription service. And she's like, but but what about Ted? Oh, what about man. Ted? I can, I'll tell you right now, I think, I can't remember what it is, $5.99 a month. I'll pay $5.99 for Ted Lasso. Like, even if it's just periodically, like if I can get like a month to month type thing, I'll do it mm-hmm. for that show for sure. Like, it's that good. It's that good. It's worth six bucks a month to have that show. Anyways, guys, let's move on to the news. We're going to do a little quick hit news here, and we're going to talk about Star Wars Visions, the new trailer that just dropped today. We're going to talk about the new Moon Knight suit that is a leak, so spoilers on that one. We're not going to detail too much, but talk about our original or initial thoughts off of that. We're going to talk about a, a major change to a character inside of DC, and we're going to talk about some comic creators shifting over to a, a new comic provider. So we're going to start off here with star wars vision so this is a new anime style of star wars storytelling that is coming to disney plus on september 22nd it's coming from seven different anime studios with nine original stories embedded across what i'm assuming is that nine episodes six to nine episodes so very exciting that they're shifting focus here over to a new style of storytelling inside of star Wars, especially considering where George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, took a lot of inspiration from from the the Japanese side of of things. So, Troy, you're embedded yeah. in the anime universe. You you consume it. What are your thoughts on Star Wars shifting over to this style and the story that they appear they're going to tell inside of that? Yeah, it's 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 cool. I mean, it's um. It's not the first crack at it. I remember way back, uh, I always go back to my Wizard magazines. I remember <laughs> they were um, had the previews of the Star Wars anime, and it's it cool. It had, like, um, A New Hope, and it had Luke holding a lightsaber, and it's all, like, you know, animated out with a like, sharp, pointy nose, and it looked really cool, and then I never got my hands on it over here. It was I don't think it was received very well in the Western audience, mm-hmm. and then I've seen now at a couple local comic book stores, you can get, like, the whole, I think, three volumes. Yep. Um but it always had my interest. I was always, as a kid, been like, I cannot wait to see Star Wars go this route. And now we're finally getting it not only in comic book form, but we're going beyond that. We're going um, anime, like straight up. So seeing the trailer, the first trailer for me was okay. Um, it didn't really blow me away. But seeing this, uh, this one that you guys told me to check out, there was some pretty cool stuff. Like not every art style was working for me. There was some stuff that kind of was very reminiscent of... Um, ninja scroll a little bit which was which was kind of cool and then there was just your your generic looking kind of anime but there was quality behind some of those things for me mostly though it's uh the story that's what i'm gonna be most interested in and of course the lightsaber combat yes when, when it comes to star wars they gotta have lightsaber combat and um i think they're gonna deliver high with that stuff it's um it's gonna be interesting man i don't think it's gonna be for everyone though Mm -hmm. i don't think it's gonna be for everyone but i uh i think it might have a bit of that niche audience but the people that enjoy this stuff i think are really gonna have a fun time with it especially because this time around too it's original stories it's not a rendition of a new hope or empire or return of the jedi yeah but seeing this trailer though it did look like i saw luke the odd couple times a quick yeah, I thought like I caught Kylo kid. in there as well. And I think I saw like a Kylo. I did see some kind of like female, like Darth Vader wearing kind of, I don't know who or what. Or it, I mean, it's an original tale, so it could be literally anybody. But I'm, I'm up for it, man. Um, especially, I mean, two different studios, but all under the same umbrella coming off of Marvel's What If and how they're handling that animation mm-hmm. and that storytelling. 
I'm totally up to see what they're going to do with Star Wars in this world. So for me, I'm there, man. It's just, like I said, not every style is working for me because some of it kind of has a bit of that. Um, Carlos, you might remember this one. Some of it kind of did have a little bit of like the trashy, cheap um, Sailor Moon Street Fighter Alpha 2. No, oh, I remember I that. Just, yes. But Street remember the Alpha, Alpha 2 movie? Yes. Oh, it was it so was bad. So, it consist- it's so bad. So there were some flashes of those. I was like, oh, please. Don't go back. There. Well, that, that was the one where it was like ninety minutes to do one Hadouken, right? Where they were like <laughs> trading <you>. for <laughs> yes, trading forever. That's funny. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, man, when you talk about niche crowds, it, it I'm one of those. It's it's not working for me. I I'm, I'm not yeah. a. It's not that I'm not a fan of something different. I embrace that fully. And you're right too. I think this is not the first time that Star Wars gone down the past, but definitely the first mainstream go at it. Yeah, where it's getting yeah. like mainstream viewability on Disney Plus. So, I, the style—it's just never been something that I liked, and I'll give it a try for sure. But when I look at this trailer, it's not something I'm clamoring to get at. So, Carlos, mm-hmm. Star has been a big thing in your house over the last year, two years. Is this something that that you yourself are going to be consuming, and are you going to be sharing it with the with the family? Yeah, man, I'm all about the alternate tales. Like, I really like, they did like a Batman Samurai type of shorts on Cartoon Network, and those were cool and very stylized and very different takes on the character uh, and his rogues gallery. And very much like this, it was really embraced the anime style and the studio that uh, produced that. And then Batman Ninja was cool. But I go back to like the Animatrix and Batman Gotham Knights, and it's the same kind mm-hmm. of concept. It's just, here's our world, but do your thing. Mm-hmm. Do your art style, your your type of storytelling, and um, just kind of tether it to our world, but the, the binders are off type of thing. And, you know, it, just like with those two, not all of them are going to be for me, but it seems like there's a few that could be pretty special and some of the coolest stuff out there, so... Yeah, man, I'm already subscribed to Disney Plus, and yeah. and I do like these kind of things. So, yeah, I'll be trying it for sure. And my daughter, like first thing in the morning, she's like, "Are you gonna watch this with me, or am I watching this one by myself?" So, awesome. yeah, we'll we'll be all in for for this one. Wicked. Now, sticking with Disney Plus here, Moon Knight. Now, this is a character I know, Carlos, that you've spent some time with over the last couple of years, and he's getting an adaptation. He, I'll say, from a guy that doesn't know too much about Moon Knight. I will say he is maybe a bit of a twisted Batman, if you want to relate to that in a very high level way. So we'll we'll let Carl, Carlos expand on that one a little bit, but just we'll put that seed in everyone's head. So this is a character that's going to be hitting Disney Plus presumably sometime in 2022. We're gonna have Oscar Isaac is portraying the role of Mark Spector, who does turn into the into Moon Knight, and it seems that they're going and leaning a bit more heavily into the Egyptian side of things with. The uh, Egyptian god of, what is it? Um, Conchu. Conchu, thank you. Always have a hard time with that. So we got our first spoiler, our first leaked suit of Moon Knight. So if you're not interested in this, just jump ahead about three minutes and we'll be on to a different topic. But Carlos, you're the guy that's got the experience in here. You're the guy that has probably the best foundation inside of this character. What do you think of this look at the suit? Yeah, it was cool. Like... Moon Knight is at his best when he's not kind of the knockoff Batman version and Mm -hmm. they kind of lean more into the Egyptian mysticism sides of him, either with that traditional Moon Knight costume or in the persona of Mr. Knight, who's kind of like the white mask and the white suit type of thing. 
Um, this costume, it was cool in that I, I appreciated that they didn't make him just a version of Batman. Mm-hmm. That he kind of, he looked a bit rugged and there seemed to be extra worldly aspects to the costume. So for that, I give it huge points. There's a few of the lines in the costume, especially through the eyes in that, that were a little odd. But um, Moon Knight's got such a unique look that, you know, I can see them kind of having trouble translating a bit of that. But uh, yeah, man, I'm here for it. Like out of the Disney Plus shows that are upcoming, this is the one. There's a lot of stuff I'm excited for because my kids, but this is the one that mm-hmm. like I can't wait to get into. And especially if they deal with a few of the kind of multiple personality type aspects of the character and the... Is the conju stuff real? Is it a construct of his imagination or his mental state? Um, I, I'm there for it. Costume aside, and yeah. Oscar Isaac's just such a good actor. Yeah, he's fantastic. He yeah, he could have just put some white streaks in his hair and <laughs> off you go, and I'm sure he'd, he would have sold me on it. Yeah, and you, you guys have to remember too, if you're looking for this suit, just type in Moon Knight Suit Leak in Google and go to images, and it'll be probably the first one that sits there. It's not the best HD version of it either too. So mm-hmm. the concept, I like. I agree with you. I like kind of like I got my first impression was kind of kind of like a mummy look to it almost, mm-hmm. um, and I really like that. And I really like that they kind of leaned heavily into the cost comic side of it, and it wasn't a streamlined suit. And Marvel's been doing that really well lately. And I think with the Miss Marvel suit, we're going to see that as well. Is where they go full comic book. They don't try to do a grounded adaptation of a suit. They just kind of lean into it. And so I like the look of it. You know, I don't have a ton of familiarity with the character or the concept and even the look of Moon Knight other than the images that I've seen and the few books I've seen him cross over in. But from a first glance at a relatively grainy photo, I think it's cool. And I think it's cool that potentially we go straight into a costume. We don't have to do the Daredevil where we wait for eight, nine episodes to get to the costume. And so that that's also kind of got me excited that we're already seeing this. Now they could be three quarters of the way through production and we're seeing that you know towards the end of, of the shoot and all that. But Interestingly enough, it, it's cool that not only are they filming it, but we're get, getting these first leaked shots and looks at this. So I'm digging it. Troy, what's your take on this one? Yeah, uh, <laughs> just just the costume. Just the costume we're talking about here, right? Um, okay. Um, <laughs> so so the Marvel movies, I, I think Marvel's killed it when it comes to costumes. And all the way up until 2012, when, when we got my boy Captain America, that costume, the Avengers... Not, mm-hmm. not the greatest. Probably, in my opinion, the worst Marvel costume ever MCU until whenever you guys shot me this photo in the DM. <laughs> and I, and, I, and I, came ac- <laughs> I came across this thing. And I'm, I'm not even like a Moonlight, Moonlight guy um, as is already. And um, I don't really think he even has the greatest costumes to choose from in the first place. <laughs> I mean, I think like the tuxedo one's kind of interesting. Like the suit, you know, and he has like the skull cap, like... That yeah. one's kind of whatever, but I remember even playing him in like Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Like he didn't have like the greatest skins to, to throw on, but man, this thing here for me is just it's it's not it's not doing it at all. Like I, I get the mummy vibes. I kind of do like the wraps. I think that's mm-hmm. an interesting take. But I just I feel like honestly, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done such a great job with the costume designs, making it like semi realistic, but also like work in that world of what they've established, and. I guess it's tough too because this is like this is a little different. This is like outside of like the military kind of like mm-hmm. cap stuff or like the agent stuff or like a homemade costume from like Spider Man or like or Stark um, equipment. 
So it is a little, it, it's bound to be different, right? But man, this one for me just, especially when you look at Doctor Strange, like Doctor Strange, like they killed it with that costume design. So I, I, I figured it'd be like something kind of like that, but more like fitted. But for me, and, and like Tim mentioned too, like it is low res, so that could have a big part to do with it. But for me, when I when I saw this in the DM and I'm scrolling, I just I just kept going. I just kept scrolling. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't make a comment on the thing. And now that I'm on my computer looking at it on like a 27 inch monitor, I'm just like, oh, no thanks, so, no thanks. So Mark um, Spector's got some work to do for Troy here. He has some work. <laughs> he has, he already had a lot of work coming off of um, Jason Aaron's uh, little like Avengers kind of tie in because I was like ah like I know a lot of people like. Uh, Moon Knight. I know Grabs has been has been talking up a bunch of. Uh, I think there's a volume that he has that's fantastic that I do still need to read. But I just I've never connected with the character, so there's not a lot going for me as is. And then when I see this costume, I'm like, oh man, you're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. Here. <laughs> well, let's see. We, we've got a little distance before we actually get to see even a trailer for this, yeah. but it uh, it's right. coming. Moon Knight's coming. They're shooting it, and it's exciting. So, all right, Marvel. You that's got- Disney Plus, right? Disney the show? Plus. Yeah. Yeah, it's a okay, show. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So cool. Marvel, you got you got to you got to impress Troy here with the first trailer whenever it comes. <laughs> <laughs> so Carlos, let's let's talk a little bit about Tim Drake. Tim Drake, yeah. So just uh, this week, I guess it's Tuesday when we're recording. So last week, Batman: Urban Legends issue six drops, an excellent anthology series. If anybody wants a fiesta platter of Batman stories, highly recommended, especially with that. Chip Zdarsky, Red Hood lead, can't go wrong. One of the finest Jason Todd stories I've ever read. And I've read all of it, literally, <laughs> from the time he first showed up till he got crowbarred and beyond. But uh, yeah, in the. So you get your main story and you get a couple backups, and the backups will continue issue to issue kind of thing. And in the last couple, they've been doing a story with Tim Drake, and he's with a school friend of his. and the first couple of issues you think they're just hanging out. This kid gets kidnapped. Uh, spoilers, but you know, it, it plays out in a nice way. So I want to give it justice. And uh, so Robin, Tim Drake's Robin is throws on the costume, sets out to liberate this kid. And they're in the fight for their lives with the captors. And the kid says to Robin, he says, if we, if I don't make it out of this, tell Tim Drake, that I wish we could have finished our date. And you see the kind of wheel spinning in Robin's head and he saves the day, saves this kid. And he's kind of having this bit of existential crisis and taking a look at his life and the choices that he's making and where he's at and the person he's becoming. And he's like, shoot, I think that this might be somebody I want to have a relationship with. So Last page of the book is Tim Drake knocking on this kid's door and the kid asks him if he wants to go out on a date and Tim says, yeah, I think I would like that. So it's the first steps to Tim uh, starting to date this this young man. So I, for one, I thought it was brilliant. Like ever since Damian Wayne came on the scene and Jason Todd came back from the dead, they haven't done anything compelling with Tim Drake and they haven't known what to do with him. And like future state was the first interesting thing I read with him in a long time with the Robin eternal stuff. But this, like what an amazing way to give him some agency to have a group of fans really identify with him and latch on to him. And like, 
Man, I've been haunting comic stores since I was a wee lad. And I'll tell you right now, like the LGBTQIA fan set is very dedicated. And quite frankly, they kept a lot of these books on the shelves for a long period of time. So I think it's great that you give them a beloved character who, quite frankly, like if you read Tim Drake's books from the outset all the way through, he kind of has always been building to this because he's been somebody who's always been on a journey of self-discovery. And so he kind of turned himself into the best Robin and maybe the most suitable guy to take up the mantle. And I think this is just like a parallel journey that he's gone on in his personal life. And you look at kind of where he's gone with his relationships and whatnot. And it felt really natural to me. Like I was just like, shoot, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's just my take. Like, what do you guys think of this one? You know, I, I read the panels because it got a it got a lot of attention online this past week, and I was I was quite interested to see how how it was executed. And having again no context of the story before and all that, it it I really liked it to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And I I love this constant refreshing of these characters to reflect today's society, right? And seeing that representation inside of these books, inside of these characters. And, and bridging some of the gaps for people that are looking to find the strength to do the same thing or looking to find themselves inside of these books. I, I love stuff like this. And I love what DC is doing. You know, I've talked a lot about the ability or the want and the need for people to see themselves reflected in the, whether it's comic books or film, movie, whatever, TV. And this is just another step towards that. And I think DC has been doing a great job inside of comic book and film reflecting the real world. Which is which is a huge piece of it. So yeah, I, I'm I'm really digging this. Troy, yeah, yeah you're, the, you're the big yeah. Robin guy on the pod, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, no, I I totally agree with it. I I love it, man. I think it's great because um I still remember when when my boy my one of my favorite X-Men of all time, uh, Bobby, mm-hmm. Bobby Drake, Iceman himself, and when they 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 flipped the script, they tried doing something funny where um at this point Bendis took over the X-Men run. And he brought back the X-Men from the past and brought them into current yes. day. Yeah. So we had two teams, right? Adults and, and the teenagers. So we had two Icemen, like a teenager and an adult Iceman. And um, for the most part, Iceman's always kind of been written kind of like a playboy, flirty kind of dude, ladies' man kind of, right? So here we have Bendis who kind of rewrite um, – Bobby, the teenager, and he comes out because I think it's Jean Grey actually reads because Jean Grey can mm. read obviously um, everyone's minds, and so she does it without really taking Bobby's permission, and then she discovers, oh, like that's how you feel, and then he's like, yeah, that is how I feel, and he and he slowly kind of comes out more so, and he's comfortable, and then eventually has a confrontation with his present day self, the adult self, because people were like, well, how could he feel this way if his present self doesn't, right? So Marvel kind of got a little bit of a slap there, but then they're like, yeah, let's just fix it. Let's just make him, like, let's just go all in. And so they do. So they correct the adult version as well. And then he also comes out. So I always thought that's such a cool thing of how, like, Marvel handled that. And at that time, I wasn't, Marvel's had some characters before that, even in the X-Men, but at that time still, I wasn't seeing enough of it. So it was really cool to see now as well, and I'm sure DC's been doing it before. Actually, I know DC's been doing it before because they have, they have Batwoman, but it's cool to see that um, Tim Drake now is is somebody like that. And like how Carlos kind of summed up that, that backstory of how it happens, I find that really interesting. And really organic. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, because mm-hmm. like Tim Drake, I know they've like depending on the artist, Tim could be like 16 or he could be like <laughs> early 20s, which is pretty much like any of like the Robins. So um, for him being, I think now he seems like he's kind of solidified in like that 17, 18 year old kind of 
state um for him kind of being on this like journey of his own and and discovering himself in that manner i thought just just hearing it through carlos i thought like that's really well done like mm-hmm. hats off to to dc man and the comic books as whole not just dc like marvel's been doing it too and a lot of these other companies and i i just think it's 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 so late yeah. that we're finally getting there but it's so good that we actually are at least are getting yeah, making big um, progress steps yeah exactly and, and with some of our big heavy haters because you know a lot of the arguments too i hear people say oh we'll just make another character just make make a character called pigeon and do that it's like no let's not let's not do that mm-hmm. let's 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 do it with the remainstays let's let's just do it across the board whatever whichever way it comes off organically just just, just do it that's key so, i love that you put it that yeah. way coming off organically right it can't mm-hmm. it can't feel like oh we're doing this to to tick a box it has to be organic it has to make yeah. sense for the story yeah well yeah. i love that it came out of nowhere like mm-hmm. nobody knew yeah. until the people started reading the preview issues of that book and seeing it. There was no advertising. They didn't mm-hmm. make a big mm-hmm. deal about it, which is perfect for how the story went off because it was just this natural evolution of the character. And like that, like I said, like Tim being on the self-discovery journey, like I think he was such an ideal choice to have um, this epiphany. So yeah. I love it. With and him. even statistically, yeah. you got that many Robins, like one of them is going to be gay. Like I hate to break <laughs> yeah. it to everybody out there, but it's going <laughs> to happen. And we all know it's not Dick Grayson because we know what that guy is all about. Like every every second issue, that guy's <laughs> not safe for work. his name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a Christmas stick that's flying around all over the place. <laughs> but but you know what's cool too is because like, you know, when we go back a little bit, especially like I noticed in comics, um, the DC comics, when it was like Pride Month, they were, they were like pushing hard like there's like splash pages of like their characters right and there was no tim drake so they could have easily like inserted tim drake at that point to be Mm -hmm. like hey look what we're doing we're hopping on the train but they didn't they stayed away from that and like you just mentioned carlos they it came off nowhere and i really appreciate what they did because they could have gone the easy route and just put him up during that month Mm -hmm. but they stayed Mm -hmm. away from that so i think i think they they did a similar thing in marvel with now that i'm thinking about with star lord recently as well it was kind of an out of nowhere thing yeah i think he identifies as bisexual um okay yeah so it uh yeah. yeah nice reflection of the real world so i'm i'm digging yeah, this man. i'm digging this but stick with the comic books yeah. last little topic here for our quick hits news is substack tell me a bit about uh, what's going on here because i i'm not too certain carlos as to what exactly all this is i don't think anybody is including the people that are doing it <laughs> but yeah so my understanding is substack it's akin to a Patreon and it's a newsletter subscription service. Mm -hmm. But the reason it's made the news lately, so it's a independent outlet for authors to put their work out. So Troy, you sign up as an author and you have a Substack newsletter and people will subscribe to your newsletter and you produce content and they'll read it and Substack will take a bit of a commission for basically being your, your publisher kind of thing. But it's completely creator-owned. There's no input from Substack. You can put whatever you want out there as long as it's not illegal, I guess. But the reason that they're making waves now is a pile of very notable, very big-name comic book creators were um, swooed over to Substack with apparently some pretty lucrative deals and we got like James Tinian leaving the main Batman book, Jonathan Hickman leaving the X-Men, 
Chip Zdarsky is wrapping up his Daredevil run, and he's doing some See Troy's face with... as he's rattling this stuff off. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Uh, Scott Snyder's going over there, but Scott's been doing a lot of independent stuff anyways lately. Um, who Like, just a pile of really big, high-caliber oh. creators. And, like, part of me, I, I, I really do... Um, champion these guys going out and doing what they want to do, telling the types of stories that they want to tell. But at the same time, there's a certain entity that's been left out that a lot of these same creators are pointing fingers at and saying that the big publishers are not servicing. And that's your local comic book shop. Because the way Substack works Mm -hmm. is that it's going to be a direct-to-consumer type product so it'll be digital at first and apparently there's might be an opening for them to put out like variant issues or some kind of physical print after the fact but that's pretty unclear and i don't know like it it, with the amount of options that's available to these guys with um creator owned labels because image obviously offers that service and dc has wholly creator owned um labels as well so like neil gaiman does all his sandman stuff and like jim lee said he's like we're just the delivery service for them like we have the printing and the publication and we have the distribution set up so it's kind of the same thing um outside of this substack type entity so I don't know, man. I'm it I'm a little skeptical myself, but we'll we'll see. Like if the quality books are there, sure, but I don't know, it doesn't sit entirely well with me given that retailers just got hammered and the independent stuff has been really huge for keeping mm-hmm. those doors open on those stores and then, you know, you have Jim Lee sitting there literally drawing until his hands don't work anymore to try and do these charity auctions to keep some of these stores afloat and then all these big name creators are like yeah you know what peace i'm out and <laughs> yeah and that's that, that's the piece of it that i read that didn't sit well with me was the fact that yeah it's gonna pinch local comic book shops in that and you're taking some major creators that yeah they could go if they and you know they have the right and really they can do whatever they want when it comes to creator own stuff right if they don't want to work for specifically maybe even marvel which a lot of it gets funneled into a much bigger machine once these characters have been created once these stories have been told but yeah it's and it's it's kind of this evolving space right this digital stuff this direct to consumer stuff and cutting out the middleman and we're seeing this in the film industry and you're starting to see this pop up in the comic book industry, right? Like that service is available, but it's always day and date with, with the physical media for the most part, not everything, but for the most part. And this seems to be cutting a lot of that off at the knees with some serious creators. Like those aren't, those aren't nobody creators. Those are some of the biggest creators in comic books right now. Yeah. And I guess the deals are pretty lucrative that Mm -hmm. the owner of Substack paid out to get these guys over with is basically here's a check and What's, you promise to deliver something it's your launch so. team right <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah any thoughts Trey? yeah that's kind of a bummer man like i i don't i don't really dig any um 
industry or anyone kind of you know picking at the locals I, I i got so much love for the local comic book shops and pretty much anything that's local so when i kind of takes away from that 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 kind of sucks man but um also like it's it's weird i mean like because carlos mentioned like it's it's pretty lucrative so they, they obviously have some big money deals going on these guys but at the same time like what's their their end game like do they feel like yes obviously these are big names but do they really feel like those big names are going to carry over a big enough audience to generate more money to keep this up? Because at the end of the day, Marvel, DC, those are the big guys. I mean, I know Image had their surge way back in the day, but even still, especially these days when it comes to the Marvel and DC, do they really think they can take that much away from these guys? I, I don't know. I think it's kind of funny. Like, it sounds good now for, like, what are they called again? The, the Substack. 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 So so it sounds good for, for them for now, and it sounds good for them picking up, like, their, you know, their, their hot um, writers. But eventually, I feel like it's going to kind of crumble because I don't see how long they can sustain that. Well, it's it's very similar Unless to... Unless they make some... To what, sorry? It's very similar to what we talked about in the past, too, where, you know, is it the creator that sells? It sells the first one. For sure, mm-hmm. but does it? It's the story and the characters that sell the subsequent ones, and it's exactly. like a film now, right? It's not the actor, or even times mm-hmm. the creative. It might get you in the door, but it doesn't keep you around. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how how that plays out, and if we do see that inside of the comic book world, right? Like you love Hickman on on X Men, right? But you don't yeah. stop reading X Men because Hickman's off it. <laughs> No, well, and who knows exactly. what you're gonna get? Yeah. You subscribe to Jonathan yeah. Hickman's quote unquote newsletter because that's what it is. It could literally be those horrible pages that everybody like taps out reading their X Men comic because it's like yeah. three really cool pages. Oh shoot, this massive wall of text, and I've read it twice. I don't Lots understand. I'm gonna go to sleep. Things and all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, yeah. you're seven dollars a month, and you could just be getting those pages, and nobody's gonna tell just, them to stop. A hundred percent. Because what's what's the other one? You guys, you guys rave about it, and I think grabs to something country. What's that? What's oh, that? Oh, undiscovered, yeah, undiscovered, yeah. Yeah, and who does that one? That's Scott Snyder. Snyder, who's exactly there too. Yeah, and, and I love Snyder. Like I love his stuff. Um, but I won't even touch that book. And I, I've heard so many good things about it from three of you guys, right? Mm-hmm. He he and he got I'm me in the door, right? right? And I like the story. The story right. is what kept me there, not that it's Scott mm-hmm. Snyder writing it, right? And right. so right. I don't know. It's it's tough, right? It's even the, you mm-hmm. take go to the film. You take a guy like Kugler. Kugler gets me in the door. But it's also, you've got to tell a yeah. good story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And it's so much easier, too, when it comes to, like, a movie as well, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, okay, well, it's two hours of my time. Or if it's a series. Yeah. But when it comes to, like, a comic book, now it's, like, really has to take my interest away. Because mm-hmm. there's so many other things. Like, there's video games out there that I've been going ham mm-hmm. on these days. There's so many things out there. So it's like, well, what's your story about? Like, Saga. It, like, I heard so many good things about Saga. It took a while. I finally got into it. And it's Matt, Matthew K. Vaughn. Brian K. Vaughn. Yes. Right. Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah. And, and, and amazing, like amazing book. But that, that took, that took a lot for me to go there. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm just one person, but I, I do feel like the big demographic is like the Marvel, the DC and, and image image is pretty big now these days too, obviously. Right. But I don't know, man. I just, I just still see how long they can keep this, this gimmick up for. Well, we'll who see. knows, right? You, you serve up some duds. Yeah. Like you look at that 20 yeah. XX one that like that oh. we tried out. Right. Yeah. And three issues in, I was just like, Oh shit! Do it. I spent do it. five bucks on this. I should have bought my wife a month of Apple Plus <laughs> instead. Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. Like that's yeah. that's the soft. And yeah, when you don't know what you're getting in the newsletter, like mm-hmm. James Tinian, like I, you know, our our friend group on Twitter. I, I'm probably one of his bigger fans, but 
yeah, I, I don't know. I'd be crying more if George Jimenez was leaving oh. the the pencils as opposed yes. to uh, hmm. to Tinian moving on. Like yeah. it, you know, somebody else can pick that up and or just imagine if we get John Ridley writing the main Batman book with Jace fronting and that guy doing the art. Whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, <laughs> that's dangerous, man. Oh. Uh, I know well, the comic industry is changing, just like the film industry, and the landscape of the film industry, unlike the comic, has, has been dramatically changed throughout the pandemic. And we're starting to see knock on effects again, guys. We, we chronicled this day in, day out, but we've actually gotten into theaters. I went to a theater last week and saw a movie in a, in a movie theater. And, and that was big for me. And we're starting to see things take a, a bit of a hit on the, the Delta front. As this new wave of the pandemic surges, we're starting to see some knock-on effects from that. And also, we're getting some results in understanding the dynamic of the box office throughout these pandemic times. And so, one thing that we've seen immediately here is Venom has shifted release dates again. <laughs> it's gone from the end of September, two weeks later, into mid-October. Don't know exactly why it's been moved. Is it a pandemic-related thing? Is it just a optimization of a release time? Who knows? Maybe because that trailer didn't land, they're going in and tweaking things and adding Spider-Man <laughs> to it <laughs> a little bit. That is a red one. Oh, <laughs> so good, so good. But on the flip side of that, we saw a great debut from Free Guy this week and the bottom dropout of the Suicide Squad from a reasonable outing to or an overpredicted outing to a $7.5 million haul landing in fifth place behind the likes of Free Guy and Jungle Cruise and that, that have Jungle Cruise in particular that's been up for a couple of weeks. And so it's interesting to see that dynamic. Like Free Guy did almost $10 million more than the industry predicted it would do. It, they had it pegged sub 20 million and it almost hit that $30 million mark. So Carlos, when you're taking all this into consideration, like what's going on with the box office? What's what's going on with Venom? It's, it's a weird space that we're sitting in right now. Well, I think, People just wanted Free Guy to go away because they were tired of seeing all the advertising <laughs> for it. So they're just like, shoot, I just need to rip off this Band-Aid. Like, maybe if I'll see it, it'll stop haunting my dreams. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think the industry was a bit uh, conservative on their expectations for Free Guy. Because, like, man, like, I, I'm only half joking. Like, I have, haven't seen a movie advertised like that in years. Mm-hmm. Like, it was constant and like just crushing. It's to the point where it's like, I feel attacked every time I see Ryan Reynolds in that blue shirt, but like they did an MCU crossover with it and they, they pull out all their big guns, right? Like you had Deadpool sitting next to Korg and off you go, right? Like how much money did that little commercial cost them? $5 million commercial. <laughs> yeah. To animate all that by a Super Bowl ad for less. So yeah, I, I don't know. Like, you got the dynamic and, and the big ghosts in the background of the streaming services and movies being offered up there, right? So, like the Suicide Squad, it's very mm-hmm. easily um, explained away by it's yeah. free on HBO Max, and it's the number one pirated movie in the world. Mm-hmm. Like they're, 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 they actually track pirating, and on whatever. like torrent freak or whatever it is that they release their stats much like box office and it's like (laughs) number one so like yeah if it it is what it is like i said before that movie ever hit any screen the big win is Mm -hmm. 
if that movie is crowd pleasing and if people like it, and I'm throwing it to you, Troy, right now yes. to let us know your thoughts because <laughs> yes. you, you missed hear the it, review. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a win. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't know, and I don't think that we're out of the woods yet. No. Which, you know, Venom was like, oh shit, and he ran to a new release date yeah. because he's scared of the Delta variant. So yeah. it's it's another know, one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's not going anywhere good, so we'll we'll see what happens. But I think Hollywood does need to sort itself out, and mm. Shang Chi is going to be the tail of the that, tape. Like if that's the one, man, you're right. It's the one. It's the line in the sand. They drew it last night. It's coming out September third, and they're doing a shortened window, which we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. But I think there needs to be a major readjustment of the expectations of the box office. Just because the Suicide Squad and Black Widow drop seventy percent doesn't mean they're flops or bombs or anything like that. It's like mm-hmm. it's it's it was predicted that that's going to happen because, like you said, it's free. The Suicide Squad and Black Widow, you can either we don't encourage pirating, but it's out there, or you could rent it for thirty bucks and have it forever on Disney Plus. So, yeah. um, Troy, you're you're one of the few that. Went and saw the Suicide Squad twice, so you really contributed to that, that box office yeah. haul. So we gave our thoughts in detail last week, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. just couldn't make it. But do you have some high-level thoughts right now as to what you thought of that film, and mm-hmm. why did you see it twice? Did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to hate watch it. Yeah. <laughs> hate that movie. No, I um listen. Going into this film, it, it didn't um nothing was drawing me to this movie by any means. I remember the trailers came out didn't do anything for me the characters didn't do anything for me i mean there was idris obviously and there was harley uh yeah apart from that nothing worked when i saw starro i was like who cares and then um i started hearing word of mouth like this movie's pretty legit and then sunny i can't tell you everything sunny told me in the dms but sunny did invite me to go see this movie and i was like sure man let's do this because i'm i'm hyped and uh oh man i wish i could tell you some of the stuff that guy says in DMs. Anyways, um, <laughs> so we, so we go, man. We roll, we roll hard because I haven't seen Sunny in forever. So when I saw this guy in real life, I was like, oh my god, like he exists. This is amazing. So we go out, we have a ball. The movie starts, and immediately, like immediately, this movie hits. First of all, um, the trailer. There's a trailer for for the goddamn Batman. I got oh, I got yeah. oh, that trailer yes. because. Seeing that trailer in theaters, I was like, yo, like, like, Carlos is here. Bruce is here. Because, like, <laughs> that trailer, man, it was it was so cool. So, right away, the tone was set. But the way the movie starts off, the characters, that first mission, like, I don't want to, I don't know if we can spoil things. So, I won't, I won't really try and spoil anything. But just the first mission in the movie <laughs> just completely blew me away. And, like, the dry sense of humor, but then also the stakes on the line was was fantastic but the directing the directing for this film is like amazing i think i think it might be james gunn's best directed film i thought is is absolutely brilliant the way he uh he did it um the way it flowed the whole like comic kind of stuff going on where it's like eight minutes mm-hmm. later or before you know like it kind of catches you back up to like where that scene kind of took place um like the subtitles for chapters to chapters made out of like the atmosphere I was just I, I I couldn't believe how good it was. And Idris, Idris was like there it my is. guy. He was he was my <laughs> guy. Like because if something if something went down, I was gonna walk out. I told Sunny if something went like a certain way, I was gonna leave the theater. But but everything was good. Everything was good, and it drew me again where I had to see it again on the big screen because I 
I truly felt like the presence on the big screen did this film justice, especially when we get to the end mm-hmm. sequence, which was, which is just great. But I really feel like it's everything that the first Suicide Squad movie tried to be. Yeah, this just took it to another level, and uh, I'm I'm invested. Like characters I didn't care for, like the polka dot man, uh, King Shark, you know, a uh, uh, rat, rat catcher um, two, catcher two. She was she she to me is like the cyborg of this movie, much like mm-hmm. cyborg for the Justice League. Like so much heart. The score was amazing. The color palettes, like love this film, man. There was there was like one little lull for two seconds, and that had to do with like Harley Quinn and the Presidente. Mm-hmm. I, I could have shortened that a little bit. Anything else though, man? It, it was it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. It's it's my top three DC film. Wow. Like it's, well, give it give us a letter grade. It, it killed it. Oh, a letter grade. Um, yeah, I'll give it a strong. Strong A, solid A, man. Wow, there it solid is. Solid A, yeah, there it is. yeah, it's great, it's great. Wicked, yeah. wicked. Well, yeah, man. Maybe someday we'll get some more thoughts on that from you because I, I got to hear some of those extended thoughts. But we got to yeah. keep this show show rolling forward. Yes. Shang Shang Chi mentioned yes. there by a few minutes ago by by Carlos. So had his world premiere last night. This is our next big comic book movie film, and it came out to some really wildly positive praise. And you got to temper some of these these initial <laughs> phrases because everyone that comes out is the best movie Marvel's ever put out, right? And so that that's a, a cut. Oh, and the, the after credit scene has to be seen to believe? Yeah. And <laughs> Yeah, your, your common comments <laughs> were definitely out there full force last night about this. But the the big things coming out of the premiere of the, the initial reactions, action-packed, a lot of heart in the story, and, and Sim Liu as, as Shang-Chi, Aquafina, like all these characters are, are really well-served. And he brings a, a next level and a new style of film to to the MCU. So it's exciting to hear that. Let's let's see what it actually is here, um, because you can cut and paste some of those comments. To be honest with you, but it's it's probably how I'm going to feel if if we're going to being totally honest with ourselves in this one. <laughs> but the there's a bit of a dark cloud that hung over the premiere though, because the other Bob. The other Bob, who isn't my favorite Bob when it comes to Disney CEOs, he had a really interesting comment about what this movie was. And it's probably a, a very poorly worded sentence that he had at a earnings call where he did call Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings an interesting experiment. Now, my guess, I didn't listen to the earnings call. Maybe I should have. That's proper research. But... My guess is he was referring to the 45-day release window that Shang-Chi and even Free Guy, they are experimenting with a very shortened release window compared to 2018-19 standards where this will end up on Disney Plus in 45 days. So a month and a half, this film has exclusivity inside of a theater, and then it shows up right away. So this, this cuts your knees off for your DVD sales and your longevity inside of a theater. So... That's probably the experiment, but uh, Mr. Sim Liu did not take that. He had a very strongly worded tweet calling out Bob here, the other Bob, we're going to start to call him, stating that we are not an experiment, we are the underdog, we are the underestimated, we are the ceiling breakers, we are the celebration of a culture and a joy that will persevere after an embattled year. We are the surprise. And he goes on to say, I am fired up (laughs) to make history on September 3rd. Join us. So... A lot of pushback there from the main actor, from Shang-Chi himself. So I like that. I like that. Pushback on it. And I, I will say that I understood where Bob was coming from, but 
in execution, very poorly done. <laughs> so, <laughs> Troy, any comments on on Shang Chi here? What's your excitement level looking like coming out of the the back end of the premiere? Ah, man, I'm 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 confused. I don't know what's going on with Disney, man. Like it's <laughs> like um. PR nightmare. It's, it's like <laughs> PR nightmare. It's like this guy's looked at like the Vince McMahon right now. We got Scarlett Johansson, and we got all these guys doing their Man, WWE the bizarre calls. World. Like, we got this beloved DC film and this yes. massive event coming up and a big slate, and yeah. then it's yeah, the clown car. It's pulled into the Disney lot in Burbank. Yeah. It's finally left. Finally left the WB lot. <laughs> no doubt, man. It's. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy, man. Next thing you know, like Sony's gonna start putting out some major bangers. Yeah. This, is, this is crazy. <laughs> but um, you know what? My, my it doesn't it doesn't change my excitement no. whatsoever. I, and I agree with you, Tim. I think it, I think it's just like a misunderstanding. Is like poorly executed. What what he's trying to say. If this was Bob Iger, it would have never ever come no, I, out. Like Bob this. Iger um, hand palmed that. He's just like or face palmed it. Just like oh man, yeah. like what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and and in all fairness too like with with other bob i like that with other bob um it's tough too because this guy literally got like the keys to the kingdom at the worst time ever yeah. to run disney you know like park sales have been down like crazy and like the theaters in shambles and yeah. like this guy's like here you go like run disney. Yeah, three quarters so of your business is underwater, yeah. <laughs> yeah right but um you know uh Either way, I'm excited though. I'm still excited for this film. Mm-hmm. Like the the trailers um, haven't completely blown me away, but I think I did when I did see it in theaters. The trailer, I was a little more amped up to see to see Shang Chi, um, especially with that that um, a bomb drop at the end with there, him yes. fighting uh, Wong, right? So, so that has me excited. But um, and I, and I like the energy that's coming from the actor's tweet. That that's cool. Um, I'm just not used to seeing like disney like throwing down with each other it's really kind of taking me taking me out but um I, it, it is what it is man it's 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 hard times on everybody and like you you always gotta watch what you say now these days it's 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 all crazy right mm-hmm. so it's just and it, it's it is unfortunate because yeah. it did put that dark cloud you know this is yeah this is marvel's first you know all asian cast that is yeah. embracing a different culture and putting a different culture on the screen and to say something yeah. like that you know mm. I, I i see where where Simu Liu is is taking offense to that in a way, like, yeah, it's it's and you're right, like Carlos, you made this comment last week about just this PR, like it's just it's not a good look, especially <laughs> no. when you have a decade's worth of really good PR, and over the last couple weeks, it's just been poor wording and mm-hmm. just like overlooked approach to your actors and actresses, and I don't know, man, like. <laughs> I just, it's weird because we never when like Dis- like not with Disney but with Disney we never before when it's just like Star Wars was kind of like mm-hmm. that child that was just going yeah. off in a tangent and everybody else was playing nicely yeah. and now Star Wars is just there chilling like we're good <laughs> yeah it got <laughs> to the point where like they're like Marvel. yeah it, that's Lucasfilm we're just gonna call it Lucasfilm <laughs> yeah. not Disney right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's true though if you look at how they're promoting themselves lately yeah it's yeah. <laughs> so carlos you got anything to add to this before we jump over to a little bit more positive stuff on what if yeah you know like I- i'm trying to get hyped for this one but like the trailers like outside of abomination like mm-hmm. it just it seems just so tropey to me mm-hmm. like it's like you have this young child who's reared to be this warrior by the secret organization that's tied to his family and then he leaves that circumstance and tries to carve out his own path, but he's drawn back in to become the ultimate weapon. 
And it's like, am I talking about Shang-Chi or am I talking about Snake Eyes or <laughs> am I talking about Into the Badlands? Like, it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, I watched a lot of kung fu movies when I was a kid and it's like, this one's having a hard time distinguishing itself for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's actually like we kind of took the pulse of things and it might actually be the first one that the family skips in the theater and like, mm-hmm. I'll go see it with you guys and stuff mm-hmm. opening day, but they, mm-hmm. uh, they might participate in that experiment and wait that 45 days. Maybe not my youngest. She might join us, yeah. but if, uh, if you're talking she, about opening day, Monday at a matinee, then yeah, I'll be there with you. <laughs> 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 There's three people in the theater. <laughs> Yeah, but but Shang-Chi's coming. I, I'm hyped for him. I'm hyped to get behind another Marvel movie. I'm hyped to see something different. And I'm in a space where like, Simu Liu has been such a presence online and behind this character, even to the point where he just threw himself into the running and ended up getting the job. Like, it's like talk about manifesting mm-hmm. your destiny. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in it for him, right? We talked about the brand and all this and the character selling it. Right now, I'm in it for, of course, I'm an MCU guy, but I'm in it for him. Right? I want to see what this mm. character does. And I want to see what he does with this character. So I'm very excited for that. And the last thing we're going to talk about this week, guys, sticking with the MCU and sticking with Marvel, what if we got yet another Disney Plus Marvel Studios animated series that dropped last week amidst our Suicide Squad review? So we didn't have a chance to touch on this. And as this episode drops, we're going to be seeing, or already episode two already behind us, but... Our first episode was focused in on this brilliant concept of taking the multiverse that has been exploded open by Loki and embracing that concept right from the comic books and taking one moment inside of the MCU and changing it and seeing what sort of butterfly effect comes out of it. And in the first episode, it is the first Avenger. It is Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter. And we see a moment, just a small moment there where Peggy Carter decides to stay on the platform and that leads to her becoming the super soldier and captain carter so we get this really cool familiar feeling story with familiar characters but a completely different direction with a different focal point and a different ending and to be honest with you i love this of course i did but i really like the concept here. <laughs> surprise guys <laughs> i i love the concept here and how the multiverse, the Marvel MCU multiverse is wide open here. But taking a story that I love, the first Avenger is one of my favorite MCU films. Taking that story and doing something completely different with it and putting Agent Peggy Carter at the forefront here. Man, I'm digging this. I'm excited for already for next week, which is T'Challa as Star-Lord. And uh, I, I'm excited for all this. I wasn't, to be honest with you, this is the least hype project coming out this year on the Marvel side of things for me, probably even all of comic book movie space or film TV, whatever you want to call it now, but I'm digging it. It's I'm, I'm ready for episode two and I've watched this one twice. And I know Troy, you're loving the art. You're loving the concept. You're mm. loving what they did here. So elaborate on that for me. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, much like you too, like this wasn't really anticipated highly for me, but I was always a fan of the art and the animation because I always thought like with Marvel teaming up with Disney they should be producing some of the best animated projects ever and they haven't really done so right like we lost Earth's Mightiest Heroes mm-hmm. and we lost Spectacular Spider-Man but now they've done this and instantly man I was engaged I loved this episode I, I liked the little tweaks that they did to make it different enough from the first mm-hmm. Avenger I think Peggy Carter just owned it for the whole time I'm just like Captain Carter is like kind of like 
like the real deal. Like, nah. like I feel like we should have Captain Carter over like any other super soldier because I thought I thought she was fantastic. I I, I love how she killed it, and it was Haley Atwell too, right? Yes, it that was. voice acted. Yeah, and I thought she did a, an amazing job. And uh, I'm kicking myself for not getting this hot toy because I think she's going to be a fantastic looking hot toy, but her face isn't really realistic, so it kind of fits that animated world. But uh, anyways, she's I just want more of her. I really just want more of her because like the combat, that's the other highlight. Oh, yeah. We have never seen <laughs> anybody wield the shield like her in any kind of animation or live action. Like the stuff she was doing was like, why is this not happening in the movies? Like Falcon better be doing this next time we see him. Cause like <laughs> the combat was just, it was, it was amazing. It was and then Steve obviously it was intense. And then Steve wielding um the Hydra stomper, mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. And I kind of like how for a second, like we actually thought we lost Steve. Mm-hmm. Like I actually thought he was gone for a minute there, but he came back and um, this was a nice sample size of what we're going to get in this world. I'm totally in for it, man. I think this is amazing. Yeah. Carlos, man, how did you consume this? Was it something that you ran to or is it something that you waited on? Yeah, no, we definitely watched it drop day. I, I liked it. I liked the look of it, especially in the action sequences. I did, and it's probably because I've just watched the movie so many times. Mm-hmm. It's like you guys just animated so many of the action sequences from Wonder Woman <laughs> and put them into <laughs> this uh, this project. But it, it worked. It looked cool. I loved, like, I really loved the What If comics when I was growing up. So, but they were always so bleak. They kind of always yeah, ended up like in this the dark, world depressing ends, yeah. place. Yeah, exactly. So I liked that they gave this one a bit of an uplifting ending mm-hmm. and it was of a piece with what they had done with the first Avenger and that they made it different enough. The only thing that was killing me was, man, the dialogue in this thing was so cringe yeah it wasn't great especially that freaking general character oh, oh he's he the was he's the, the worst, worst. yeah 100 oh. percent. horrible it horrible. took me out of it so many times like yeah. and in fact like my wife actually just got up and she's like yeah i'm just gonna go make dinner <laughs> this is like he was just so so incorrigible to listen to but yeah overall it was cool and i i did like that the watcher stayed with you for the whole time mm-hmm. and that he points out that small moment yes and that it's not a major thing that happens, that it's just like, gosh, makes a decision to stay on that platform. So, yeah, I'm optimistic to see the rest of them and stuff. And now that I, I know what I'm getting into, um, we'll see We'll see what happens. Like, I, I'm curious about this T'Challa Star-Lord one, because I hope that they don't make him just Peter Quill. No. But it's Chadwick I Boseman. I hope that... I'm hoping that it's, we'll, it's we'll see what Yondu happens. takes T'Challa, not star You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and that it's not just he's just gonna be a surrogate, yeah, Star Lord type of thing. Yeah, because th- this one, this one was very organic feeling, right? Mm-hmm. In in line with the MCU, how they do this the Star Lord one into child. Like I like the concept of it, but mm-hmm. it at the onset it doesn't feel as organic. Yeah, it, to be honest, like it's probably the one that you predict the least, yes. right? Because it, you got to think of the three of us sat here brainstorming what if ideas it's probably not one we would come up with no (laughs) and like yeah sticking with with that formula i think this first episode was maybe a an invitation in with the familiarity of it and these characters that are beloved like peggy carr is very much a fan favorite Mm -hmm. and this next one if they're going to go off the deep end because we're going to get into marvel zombies we're going to get into 
Peter Parker as like with magic abilities and all that down the road and who knows what else. Zombie Hunter. Yeah, Zombie Hunter and all that. So got to get you ready for that No Way Home, man. Yeah, right, Mm. right. (laughs) It's funny because I took that image and I posted online. I said, No Way Home spoilers. And people were commenting like, No, bro, it's from What If. I was like, I know. Did I got to check with you guys? Did um did Jeffrey Wright's voice work for you as the watcher? I liked it. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah. It was deep enough. Yeah. It yeah it, yeah, it was commanding. I felt, which mm. is what I kind of wanted out of my watcher. Did it, for you? Yeah, it didn't. No? no, for me, it was. I don't know what voice is in my head when I'm reading like comics, and the watcher kind of makes an appearance. Mm-hmm. But it just I never really made a connection with Jeffrey Wright, and when I heard it, I was kind of like, oh. I'll get used to it, I and mean, it's it's gonna work for me eventually. But right off the bat, I was kind of like, oh, like that's that's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for me, the watcher has to be kind of calming, and I find yeah. Jeffrey Wright's voice calming. Oh, do you? Okay, I found a little like, harder. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe because yeah. I watched so much Westworld. He's he's your Bernard. Oh. He's gonna be your Commissioner Gordon too, man. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one question I want to ask you guys before we we wrap this show up about what if. Does this have the ability? Because the head writer has made a claim that this is MCU canon. Because the multiverse exists, this is MCU canon. Are we ever going to see characters jump from the animation to live action? Are we ever going to get Captain Carter live action in some inevitable big Kang the Conqueror, massive, we're going to pull everyone from every timeline and make a crazy movie out of it? Do we ever see Captain Carter live action? Troy, are we getting it? Captain Carter or just any of the characters? Any of the characters, world? but I would say yeah. Captain Carter is probably the easiest yeah. one to pull over. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I, I think we'll get one of these characters popping up, especially if it catches on mm-hmm. with the audiences. I think it's it's a must-have, and it's kind of an easier way to kind of like bring certain characters back yes. that you'd always like to see. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, even if you were to bring back like Skinny Steve in a Hydra tank or whatever, mm-hmm. the Hydra Stopper in some sort of fashion but i think you will definitely definitely see that happen Car- and i hope it is captain carter i hope so carlos does this translate to live action ever oh man i will guarantee you that in the secret wars movie that captain carter will be one of the combatants yep. and they will, it's such an easy easy way to put some fan service in there and like yeah. troy said it's it's just such a natural fit so mm-hmm. yeah i yep. i guarantee you that's what your secret wars movie will be yep will be all these yep. variants fighting each other on battle world and kang will be your beyonder i'm right it, there it, with it, you guys <laughs> especially coming off of like depending on how the iron man episode goes like that's an easy way to rewrite michael b's character or have like another variant mm. of his character mm-hmm. being good yeah because it, it seems like he might possibly be good if he's saving tony who knows mm-hmm. but definitely possible yeah there's there's a lot of possibilities and i'm right there with you i think this captain Carter stuff translates very well onto a yeah a secret wars or whatever you want to call it down the road right Haley atwell is a fan favorite she's been in a lot of different marvel movies that she had that show for a while and if you want a logical well we'll say logical in air quotes way of getting her back on screen you know there's a lot of people pretty happy to see her with that uh, shield so I think it would be really cool live action to see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so possibilities yeah. are endless with the multiverse now being embraced and then now DC copying Marvel with the multiverse. Like, what's up with that? <laughs> it's true, man. <laughs> Ever since Starro. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know DC had this planned out before Marvel, but. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we got through a ton of nerd, two weeks of nerd there, and there's, there's so much more to come with 
all these films that are hitting us. We've got Hawkeye's got a release date now, end of November. We've got all these movies that fingers crossed come out. I'll be sitting down and reviewing this. And guys, we're always looking to change things up here in the nerd room. We're looking at potentially maybe dropping something a little different in September as far as the show goes. And we're, we're always trying to be creative and and how we evolve this space so keep an eye on the nerd room guys here especially in september we're going to have some some cool stuff popping up here and we're also looking at lots of little guest spots coming up with uh, some varying content inviting individuals on that have some specific expertise in things so a lot of things coming from the nerd room here guys and and lots more nerd coming at us in the not too distant future. So if you'd like to ever be a bigger part of this show, you can always email us at the nerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything we do at the nerdroom.net. The hunt is real. It's over on Instagram. You can find some hunt picks. My recent TMNT poster acquisition is up there. So go over there and check that out, what we're doing in the collecting space. And what else we got here, guys? Twitter. That's where we like to discuss. That's where we like to hang out. So if you want to discuss what if, Shang-Chi, whatever, throw a question at us just tag us or handles are at the end of the episode and with all that being said until next week we have a whole new set of nerd to talk about for the nerd room i'm tim i'm troy and i'm batman thank you guys so much for entering the nerd room this has been a nerd room podcast production you can find our hosts tim troy sanjay and carlos on twitter at the nerd rm troy the boy 87 sanjabi and cdn caped crusade r for more content from The Nerd Room, check out thenerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.